Pitchard over the top for Diaku, who's causing problems this afternoon down this right-hand side. Diaku easily gets past his man. Diaku! Oh! <laughs>welcome to a very happy positive and, and probably beaming what the folks on the review show what a difference a week makes uh something put in one of if not the best performance of the season to defeat promotion rivals plymouth argyle 2-1 at the stadium light on saturday and put themselves far closer to the top two we've got no opposition fan today but we do have a regular and a returning guest to discuss the game first and foremost we'll go with the regular dave lawrence how are you doing mate you all right yeah good mate yourself um, still half asleep, but sorry, <laughs> if I'm honest. I'm nothing if but honest. Um, and for his first return since a very scary Halloween appearance in Sunderland's five undefeated brother, and he'll be pleased that he's back for a win. Sunderland Central Scotland branches, Dan Pugh. How are you? You all right? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, good to be back, um, especially under, under these circumstances. So, yeah, looking good. I'm really impressed. i got Sunderland Central Scotland supporters branch out there. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Proper tongue-tie. Um, Dave, I'll come to you first. I think we're all positively beaming. Everyone's really happy. I've noticed people are enjoying the win yesterday because there's more likes on anything I just basically post on the, the page, uh, which is always handy. Um, how are you feeling after the game? Yeah, yeah, elated, I guess. It's um, first half was very, 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 very good. Um, obviously, the two goals of, like nice to see things which are clearly being worked on the training pitch coming off in a game. Um, yeah, not too much to complain about, I don't think, which is, as we know, for me, is like quite unique, really. I've normally got something to whinge about, but no, uh, Morgan through the week and then Saturday, it just shows you. And I think one of the lads on the on the Sunland um commentary yesterday absolutely hit the nail on the head, which I don't normally say too much for because. They're not my favourite listen, if I'm honest. There's oh, many times, there's many a time that I listen to the game mute as I won't lie. Um, but every time and this is including when we started with Jack Ross in League One, every time we play on the front foot and we get high up the pitch and we get in their faces and we play with a bit of verve, a bit of swagger, a little bit of you know, Bertie big bollocks, nobody <laughs> copes with us. Just nobody copes with us. And it's just uh, so. Uh, ba- Bowers loves the fact that I mention him on this show most weeks because me and Bowers <laughs> always have a have a bit of chat here and there. So I'll I'll drop his appearance in early. Um, he was saying last night how about game management, and he was he was a little bit fraught at the idea of trying to score a third goal when we were two one up. And I'm like, nah, I'm all for it. I don't care. Like, I'd rather. And I understand what he's saying. There is a time and a place for it. But I'd rather concede the equaliser when we're trying to score a third goal than I would concede the equaliser by holding the ball in the opposition's corner. When I got so, in the well, when I got in the car last night, um my man was like, Oh, that was that was quite close, you know, geez. Two one, and I was like, it felt like a four one though. That's the yeah. thing, and I, I know it was tight in the end because of the scoreline. But like you say, going for it, it did feel like we were going for the third and the fourth and the fifth, as opposed to just going 
oh, hang on a bit. If, if anything, it was Plymouth maybe pushing us back a little bit towards the end, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, when, when you're playing that open style of football, you're going to have tired legs. Let's be honest, the pitch looked heavy. <laughs> it's, it's had a lot, of, uh, a lot of feet in it for the last couple of weeks. And so, yeah, it's bound to happen. We don't have the biggest squad at the minute because of everyone being injured. But I think it's just like, for as much as I will, I was harsh with, well, maybe it's not harsh because of the results, but it wasn't so much the results. It was more the way we were playing with Johnson. And it just wasn't, it looked deliberate. It looked slow. It looked lethargic. Whereas if you listen to the podcast for the first eight or nine games of the season, I was over the moon. I was like, this is it. This is how we're going to play football. And it shouldn't matter who's playing. We should have an identity of how we play. Because at this level, we should be able to stamp our authority on most games. And that's even coming up against the likes of Rotherham, Sheffield, Ipswich. We should still be able to put our foot down, put on the gas and get in front of their faces. Nobody is that much better than each other at this league. And yeah, so when we kind of lost the injuries, it's almost as if he said to the rest of the squad, right, you're not good enough to play the way I want to play. And we've stalled, basically. And now he's gone back. Okay, he's found a system which is working from. We're in people's faces. And that's the result that you get yesterday. That first half was great. You I, know? Love, I love it, me, when like you listen back to the previous podcast and how raging I am. And I look back at my previous tweets as I'm deleting them. Um <laughs> That's the beauty of a review podcast, and the same goes for Report, Wiseman Say, uh, Speak Sunderland, anyone who does these podcasts, you, and you put yourself on the line, you put your opinions on a recorded podcast, and sometimes you get it wrong. Like, one of them things, do you know what I mean? Like, the, I was delighted, I'll be honest, I was quite happy. I read the, uh, cannot wait until 5pm next Saturday, Graham, when we all despise the club again, wanted Ford, want Lee Johnson bag. Quote tweeted on my... Uh, photo yesterday that I posted that says I fucking love this football club <laughs> privately I was also sent that by uh, by Phil from the supporters branch who was on a couple of weeks ago last week I think and he just was he, he sent me that tweet followed by a message I sent him saying I fucking hate this football club <laughs> and he was just like what a difference a week makes but but that that's a beat of your football and I think that's why you love it and you know it, a week is a long time in football um, and sometimes you think things and you know what I'm, I'm delighted Delighted Lee Johnson at the minute has proved me wrong, but the season's the season is long. Um, I'll forgive him when he gets us promoted as champions with a hundred points. Um, Dan, what was your what was your feeling after the game? Yeah, just <clears throat> echoing what Dave was saying there, to be honest. And actually, the thing that I really enjoyed about it, particularly in the second half, <clears throat> also the goals in the first half were class, some of the attacking play was really good. But the second half, because they have to shift around a bit, obviously Gooch going off. Uh, so again, you you having to shift the shift the team around when you probably wouldn't have done at that point. Um, Doyle going to left back is fine. I like Doyle at left back. I think he's good there. Um, obviously, Embleton's not a natural centre fielder in the way they had to play there yesterday. But yesterday, the second half for me, it's the best I've seen them play, just winning the ball back and getting stuck in and just like, nicking it off their toes. The amount of times we... I mean, some of it was probably because we lost the ball, but then we won and got it back within the second. Or just like, I know they got a few... You know, positions in the box that looked a bit dangerous, and obviously, if they had a bit better fishing, we might, might have troubled off a bit more. But the, the thing I keep thinking about, I've been thinking about the game since 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 it finished yesterday, was particularly on that right hand side. I think a lot of the play was on our right, on their left, our right in the second half of Winchester, Ross Stewart, Dan Neal. The amount of times they were just snapping into people and just getting it off the toes before they even had a chance to play it forward to give the lads at the back a bit of a break. I think, which 
and the, the, um, the fitness, like David said, the pitch, there's had, what, three home games in the bounce, is it, something like that? So the pitch is looking bad, obviously, this time of year. You, you forget about that, really, because, you you know, you expect us to have a really good pitch all the time because of the, this, the team and club that we are, but it was heavy, and the lads were putting in a shift, and even right to the end, like, Jack Uber all dead, closing everything down. And I think that the, the fitness and the desire in the second half was what I really enjoyed. Um, obviously, the goals are class goals. We, we've seen, we know they can do that kind of stuff before, you know, the, the, the set piece routines, getting dangerous balls in the box and just getting a finish. And that's, that's always going to be there, I think, when the, the strikers are in confidence, uh, confident moods like Broad did and that. But it's just that teamwork in the second half, the battling. Uh, and I say, just getting, we didn't give them time. And they were probably a bit slow on the ball. They were probably looking for different options, and I don't see why. Um, but just getting in on the toes and just getting the ball off them was, was, was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. The first half was like really good. Like it's great when you go two 0 up in like thirteen minutes. But like I, I enjoyed the second half more. I know that's I know that's absolutely mental, but I totally agree with you because it was like we were winning all the loose balls and 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 we've long said it. Something it's a cliche now. Um, we enjoy tackling more than the goal, but like that was what it was yesterday. Like there was a moment and, and people who went in the southwest corner or that area probably won't have seen it. And it was not long after Callum Doyle. 17, 18 year old Callum Doyle squared up to someone probably half his age. Um, like I said yesterday, he's, he's Justin Bieber's face and Paul Butler's body, isn't he? Um, <laughs> but he like squared up to this lad, and then and then it became a little bit of a mini duel afterwards. And there was a bit where like it was definitely a Plymouth free kick. He like almost left his boot in on his head, to be honest with you. But somehow we got a throwing out of it, and Callum Doyle just like looked at the lad, laughed at him like proper duel, like proper like vengeance and then just looked up at the crowd and kind of like winked and it was brilliant. Um, but it was stuff like that. It was, it was players on the pitch wanting to win. And, and you know, I've like, I've been really critical of Johnson and I'm not going to completely one six gen because we've won a few games, but um, that was not a performance of a team that doesn't want to play for the manager, which bodes, bodes very, very, very well. Um, in terms of the goals, Dave, you mentioned... Uh, you mentioned Frankie and, and the commentary team. You're not a big fan. He was class yesterday. How good was that commentary, man? It was like, see, I love him. I absolutely love both of them. Uh, Danny Collins goes without saying, but uh, Frankie's class. But that that commentary, that was maybe the best performance of the season. The most have enjoyed it and the best commentary afterwards. Um, but the goal was that good, wasn't it? I think everyone just went, woo, whoa, like as soon as he did that, because we haven't seen that since like, the Premier League years, really. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing with them both. The... They try to come across, and they are to a degree, they try to come across very professional, understandably, because that's their job. But realistically, or... And, I think me commentary is that we're just both dead biased. <laughs> well, yeah. You, you just, that, that's it. You just, you just want to be in amongst it. You just want to be a fan. It's, it's a Sunland channel. Yes, of course, it will be put out to other people and whatever. But, but yeah, that, that just... To be honest, that bit of commentary there... Reminded me of, do you remember the goal? Uh, was it the goal against Newcastle where he goes, he's hit it from the banks of the river way and it's... Oh, it was there. Uh, Carlos Edwards against Burnley. <laughs> That's a, yeah, the great shout, yeah. And I'm just like, that That was... It. In fact, let's put it this way. Commentary, commentary, atmosphere, everything came from that performance yesterday. Yeah. And that, it, it's not that easy, but that's where it all comes from. When they perform like that, and let's be honest, everybody else says it, Johnson is a little prick. He's a little prick, and that's how they should play on the pitch with a bit of swagger. At this level, little bit of swagger, little bit of, I'm I'm big, Bertie big bollocks here, and do it. 
He got his he got his sixth yellow card of the season yesterday. For the first time in my life, we had a conversation on the ground going, is that his fifth? It must be his fifth. Turns out it's his sixth, but we were like, do you get suspended for five yellow cards as a manager? Has a manager ever had five yellow cards before? It appears not so, because it must have been his sixth and he's never been in the stands yet. But but I agree, like he, he does he, like other fans you hear speak about Lee Johnson. You don't hear other fans speaking about Jack Ross. They're kind of like, no. oh, nice fella, yeah, yeah, shame didn't work out. Parkinson was like, oh, well, Phil Parkinson. Whereas, like, Johnson is a bit polarising, and that does happen in the fan base, but you're right, we should use it to our to our advantage. Like, in the way that I don't use Steve Evans Gillingham because, like, I'm not going to offend Lee Johnson in that sense because <laughs> I know Matt Gillingham, Gills in the Blood, will dislike me saying this, but Steve Evans, not the model manager, in my opinion, um, and not something I'd have anywhere near something football club. Um, association football club, forgive me, but like he does have that polarizing side, and and we should probably try and garner it a bit more. I suppose it's hard because you're not going to win every game, and when you lose three games and you lose them heavy, you go, oh for God's sake, not again, or you go on one of these like streaks where we're getting beat. Hopefully that doesn't happen. To be fair, in terms of streaks, he's he's turned this around. It felt like a long time when we were getting beat, but he's turned it around fairly fast. To be fair, and that's now six games, four wins, Oxford. Not the greatest performance. Shrewsbury, not the greatest performance, but arguably someone it goes in off someone's arse. You've won five and six there, and we're right back in it. But um, Dan, someone else who's totally turned it around for me. Um, I think we've always knew Pritchard had something about him. He's been outstanding. Um, I thought he was brilliant yesterday. I thought anything decent came from him. Dan Neal's always been great. Diaki's been a bit derided now and again. And, and there's been conversations had with people going, I think he's horrendous. He's one of the worst players I've ever seen. He's like David Bellion. Last two, three games, he's been, I was going to say like Steve Marbron, but that's too far. Um, <laughs> he's been very good. Um, are we starting to see the Diaku that, that Lee Johnson brought in? Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, you, you've got to think so, but I think half of it is I don't know what Jack we brought in. I don't think he knows, and I don't think Jack knows yet because he's so young and he's so, so inexperienced. I don't think he really knows what he is. It's like a Union Berlin version and a Bayern Munich version, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, no yeah. offense to Union Berlin, who are far superior football club to the one I support, but nonetheless, you get my point. Yeah, yeah, um, but he's yeah. I mean, he's been he's been really good last last certainly yesterday, Tuesday night, he was decent. Uh, even last last Saturday, he was decent, and I think he, he's just he's not. He's been played out of position, you can tell. I still don't know what his position is, but he is playing out of position when he's playing wing-back or on the left or whatever. But I think he's slowly getting, getting his head around what this league is and what he can do against whatever opponent comes up. So yesterday he knows, right, this, this full-back shite, I know I can skin him all day, so that's what I'll do. And that, you know, the, the goal for Broadhead, he turned him inside out, what, two, three times, put the ball in. And he was doing that on Tuesday night as well uh, at Morecambe. And it just the final ball wasn't always there. And I think that is... We hope we can get him to that point where his final ball is, is there a bit more often because he is creating plenty of chances in the games. He's just maybe not they're not all great chances because the, the final ball is not the best. But what I've, what I've always liked, I know, I think we spoke about him the last one I was on the rock, and it was obviously at the time, was what does he do? He just flies about and, you know, he's, he's obviously very lightweight. He's just, he gets swinging around. He just runs around. But he, he's now running around with a bit more purpose. He does track back. He does try hard. Uh, he, his fitness is good. He's got plenty of energy. And I think he's slowly picking up now that that league experience, which he's only would have got with you know by playing a bunch of games. You know he's never played in you know League One before or even at this level. So I think uh, he, he, we know he's got the skill. We can see that. 
with the you know the the couple of goals he's got and just the way he gets into the right positions, it's just his decision making and knowing the teams he's up against. And I think that's what he's starting to get now. Um, and if he can keep working on that and keep you know keep improving on that and keep learning, then he's he's a great you know starting eleven player and certainly a good player off the bench to have. And now he's getting that that versatility of playing where Johnson wants to play and doing different roles. And he's probably what he thought he was doing when he came. He probably just thought you know. I'm, Attacking forward or wide forward, that's me. Take people on, skin them and get in the box. Yeah, you can do that, but also get back and play simple balls. I think he, he needs to slow down a bit sometimes and just kind of have a think about it. But He's rapid um, and he's like, his brain movements as fast as his feet. He's like, well, that's it. Oh, I've got the ball. It's like he's on fast forward sometimes. Yeah, it's like excited, but I've got to do something quick, but which sometimes works, like I said. But then you can see when he, when he thinks, wait, I can slow us down and do a couple of step levels or twist and turn it out. And that's what works out for him well. So I think if he does more of that, like I say, get that form of ball, right? He's uh, he'll be a, he'll be a quality player for us the rest of the season. Just just for a bit of analysis, if you if you take into account and it's massive credit to Lee Johnson to be fair, putting Bailey right in behind him because it gives you that solidity. Um, but we lost a little bit yesterday when Bailey Wright went away from right back. I thought I think a few yeah, people touched on it being Emberton in that day, but I actually thought uh, Winchester's. I mean, he's godly, isn't he? He's great. He's lovely. He's lovely. So he is. Um, but. <laughs> I quite like Billy Wright right back, but sorry, Dave, I cut you off. They were carry on, but yeah. That's just, right, but just going to say, for, so for our second goal, if you were if, if you were looking at it, I'd be interested to see how Johnson picks up on it, really. But Dejaku was probably about 45 yards out of position when Pritchard played that ball over the top corner. He was being a lazy shite. And to be, we, we've, everyone's forgetting about this, and rightly so, because it was a, a great bit of skill to, to turn their uh, fullback inside out two or three times, like Dan says. But if if that ball had broke down, he is literally 45 yards out of position. <laughs> I don't care, because it was like watching prime Brazil, so I don't give a shit. But, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's good. I think the fact that, right, even if we had lost the ball, for as, for as negative as that sounds, and I'm not being negative, um, if we'd have lost that ball, the fact that Bailey Wright was in behind him, I think it's it's massive credit to Lee Johnson for working out that system that, yeah, okay, Leon is not the best defensively, but I've got a solid pro in behind him. And to be honest, a, a couple of points yesterday, Bailey Wright going on overlapping runs out on the right. I'm like, what is happening here? This is unbelievable. It's like, it's like Kieran Trippier in his prime, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I, I, I think he's more like the Australian Cafu, if I'm honest. But yes. You want another run? Well, when we signed him, obviously he came into the back three. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous, but from a football manager standpoint, I always remember him as a right back because that's what he was listed as. So I was like, ah, oh. but like, do you know those 40 yard diags he normally plays that just go out to play or just go to no one? At right back, they reach people. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was. I was like, actually, you're... I thought he was great yesterday, Billy, right? I think that's the thing. There's... I put up a man of the match poll yesterday. I never really do that because it's it's so subjective, but everyone played so well. And I was trying to pick people. And when I wrote it, I was like, I didn't even put Pritchard in. And I think Diaco is probably mine. Um, not what I quite like about Diaco going back before I forget. Certain players cannot hack Sunland. That's just the way it is. They just they just can't, and it's just the way it happens. That they can go and have successful careers elsewhere, but they cannot hack Sunland. Even when Diaco is playing absolutely pony and playing really badly, he seems to be able to hack playing in front of that crowd and, and be like, "All right, well, fair enough. I can. I'll take the criticism and I'll work for it." I don't want to take the credit for his improvement in form, but I did say Leon <laughs> Diaco thoughts 
I think, during the Oldham game. A lot of negative comments came from that, and he's been great since. So, Leon, if you were reading, um, you know, it, I don't mind taking credit for your improvement. You're before. welcome. Yeah, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Um, that is a good point, though. They say, like, it, just quickly finishing off on him, he doesn't he doesn't ever stop, like you say. Like, he, he can have a shot game going. and a shite ball, but he'll always look for it. He'll always show for it. And like I say, you compare that to some of the players we've had in the past where they've come with big reputations or even not, you know, just can't handle, like you say, the crowd. And you can see, I think, I noticed it yesterday, even with the other players, like, they can see when he try, does, tries to do something, it doesn't quite come off, they'll still just, you know, give him a tap on the head when they run past him, say, you know, get head up, keep going. And he will keep going, uh, which is, for his age, is, is a really good thing to have because obviously, like I say, other people haven't been able to do that here before. So The league one Sessignon, that's what we'll call it. <laughs> the league one Sessignon. Um, I'll stick with you, uh, Dan. One of the, I mean, I knew he was decent, but he's actually really good to the point where I'm like, I don't know if we'd hang on to him, even if we did get promoted. Nathan Brodhead, I mean, that goal yesterday was outstanding, but his first touch, his ability to drive, it got to a point yesterday where Plymouth just kicked him, but but how good is Nathan Brodhead? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying him, uh, watching him play at the minute, the last couple of games. It's a shame he had that injury when he did at the start of the season. Uh, yeah. We can see where he would have been now if he didn't have that. But even without that, he's he's a, he's a hustle, isn't he? He's fast, he's strong. I think he's, he's quite intelligent, again, for his age. But he's not that young as he was. He's 20, 20, 23, 23, apparently. 23. Yeah, 23. yeah, so he's not like a, a youngster, young sissy in that sense. But I guess an experience. And the thing I like about him is... And again, you talk about football manager before, but you refer to like YouTube and stuff when you sign a play and you get the goal compilations and stuff. And it's like, all right, yeah, he can score lots of different types of goals on the on a highlights video for Everton Reserves. But he can, and you can see what the goals he's scoring for us. Uh, the screamer the other week, yesterday, just a touch of class, right position, lovely finish. The header in midweek, just good positioning, good awareness, and getting the header in. Like he is that kind of, you know, I'm not going to say all around striker because again, he's still a young lad playing on League One, but in relative terms, he is, he is, you know. A really good option that we have that he, he can play him up wide if he needs to you can play him down the middle if he needs to and he's always going to do you something because he's got his pace I, I think he's slowly starting to link up with Ross Stewart and maybe it's having a bit of a knock-on effect on Ross Stewart but if you talk about Broadhead himself uh, if we can keep him fit and keep him going and you know I think I read yesterday they do have a, a, a clause to get him back in January if they wanted to but the yeah. Toronto doesn't think it's likely but you wouldn't think so you'd think you'd forever and you want to give him a full season but um, yeah I think the more he plays, the more he starts, and the more he links up with you know the midfield and 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 roster it, and just the confidence. Like I said, the confidence yesterday to take that finish on, brilliant. The one the other week where on his weaker foot, left foot, top corner, you just need to keep. I think we just need to keep giving the ball in any position and just see what he, let him do what he wants to do because he, he he can create something out of nothing. Or you know, he's not a one one dimensional player. I don't think, which is you know we've had that a lot in the past. So he's always um, impressed me. He's always yeah, impressed me in every game. Like, yeah. Talking about recent form, but even going back to the Wigan game, Cheltenham, he was superb against Cheltenham. And I know, no offence to Cheltenham and, and Morecambe, I know it's a different kettle of fish, but Plymouth are a decent side. I know they haven't won in a while, they've lost the manager to a bigger club and stuff like that, but they play decent football. Like, they're not changing too much by going to Schumacher. Like, it's probably a relatively decent appointment. They probably will fall off. Naturally, that kind of happens with the clubs. You don't expect to be up there because it's squad depth. But they're a decent side, and he, he's done that job. He, he did really well against Wigan in the Cup. Um, just every game he's played, I've been impressed with him. The only disappointing thing is, I think, a lot of people think his contract's up at the end of the season. It's not. It's up at the end of next season. Um, it's not up at the end of this season. So I think a few people think 
we can get him in six months or so on a, a free transfer. It's definitely not. He signed a new contract. I think it's a misconception that for some reason, transfer market is put when his contract ends at Sunderland, which is obviously the end of the season, but he did sign a new two-year contract before he came here. So if we want him, we're going to have to put some money on the table. But but I would. I'd put money on the table. I think I think it's really important that... I mean, Callum Doyle, I don't think it's going to happen because the kid's a joke. Um, he honestly, is he's face of Bieber, like body of Paul Butler. Like, that's the only way I can describe him because he looks so young and then literally he's got Paul Butler's pie thighs. <laughs> and you're just like, how did that... But I think City will probably want to take him back and at least give him a chance for or put him on loan, maybe a, another Premier League club at some point before they decide if they want to put him in the first team or not. And I think he will do that. But I think Broad at a 23 behind, probably behind Calvert-Lewin. I'm going to go out on a whim here and say Broadhead's good, but I don't think he's quite as good as Calvert-Lewin, um, who's pretty good, um, to be fair to him. I think he might struggle to get in the Everton team and play as many games as he wants. And I don't think you want to turn 25 and have played another 10 games for Everton because he had a good loan spell because then he stunted again. So, so Nathan, if you're listening, just sign the contract, mate, pretty much. Um, I, think, um, I think it's a nice conversation that we have for if you... If you look back and you show how much this squad's evolved from previous years, because had we been sat here, absolutely fluking, um, fluking promotion somehow with the likes of my favourite players, Charlie White, hope you get better soon, by the way, um, Max Power, people like that, would they have took the next level on the championship football? And I guarantee you the answer is no. Do I think the likes of Broadhead, Stewart, Dejaku, albeit raw and probably not playing 46 championship games. Dan Neal, maybe Winchester as a squad, squad player. Do I see all these players actually bringing something to the table? I most certainly do. There's definitely something there that makes me think they can do a job. Like I say, it might not be all 46 games, but a high percentage of the time. Um, and in comparison to previous squads that we've had, I mean, Callum McFadden. Would he ever play championship football? No, he wouldn't. Um, and you, oh you, God, you've really just ruined my day, <laughs> so, Sorry, Callum. I'm sure you're lovely, lad. Like, it's always good for a laugh on a Sunday morning, isn't it? I just feel like whenever you think of Callum McFadden, it just like if you ever want me to sum up League One in just a, a sentence, it's always that interview when he's like, "FA Cup game in it." It's just like, <laughs> oh God, we've signed, we've signed. Ex Plymouth player, so we're actually technically we're technically on a, we're on point considering it's the Plymouth review. But they've had a Plymouth have had a few stinking players: Brendan Galloway, Remy Matthews, and Callum McFadden. <coughs> Jesus. But yeah, you'd you'd put that tweet up yesterday. Like, can you? Broadhead's classy. You can see it. He he looks classy. And and to be honest, as a kid coming on loan. 23-year-old, I mean, in football terms, he's not a kid. But coming up, you want to be, I'd imagine even for his own personal development, let alone us as a club, he would want to be stamping his authority on football games and standing out at this level. He definitely is. You know, Ross Stewart yesterday, did he have one half-decent chance yesterday? I don't remember having too much, but yeah. I thought his link-up play was outstanding he yesterday. He ran the channels really well. I, I said that yesterday during the game. And again, just I don't think we've touched him, but Charlie White really hope that he gets well soon. Obviously, you know, we've been critical of him as a footballer, but obviously I'm sure he's a great bloke and you can see by the 
that point of reflection, that we don't want that to happen to anyone. But just to give a comparison to the striker we had last season, then Charlie White, he scored 31 goals, but I still feel like I felt like if Charlie White didn't score up strikers previously to him, if he didn't score, they wouldn't really offer much. I felt like Ross Stewart scored about one in five or six, but he ran the channel so well yesterday, he gives an option every single time. And like, I mean, we don't need to talk about this on this podcast, Dave and Dan. We we love Roscoe. Um, I absolutely love Ross Stewart. I really, really, really do. But I just thought yesterday, like you say, he was always an option. Didn't have that many chances, but he was always an option. You always running the channels, always holding the ball up, winning the ball back, pushing high. Like his performance was as good as other people's as well, despite the fact he didn't get in the score sheet, and despite the fact that he probably wished he had a few more goals at this point. But he's Ross Stewart is a hundred percent a player that we could take to the championship if we went up. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man, for me as well. In terms of raw talent, Dan. Big statement here, right? And I'm putting a lot of pressure immediately on Nathan Broadhead's shoulders. But in terms of natural just talent that you can see in terms of strikers that are just above this level, is Nathan Broadhead the best we've had since Josh Madger? Um, oh, yeah. It's a big shout. But I was thinking this yesterday, so I thought I'm going to bring it up. Uh, it's a good one. You Sorry, also, yeah, Nathan. because if you look, if you look at the strikers we've had since Madger, and I love, I love Madger just for his pure, just like class, clinical finishing. Like, like I say, you talk about players who don't, don't score, you don't see him do a lot else, but the scoring, it's fine, and that's what Madger was, just the finishing. But drop of the shoulder and just straight in the bottom corner. It's, yeah, it's sick. You think about yeah, and you think about what we've had since then. You know, obviously, Greg, for, <laughs> we don't need to talk about that, but. And then you know why you can say for what he did, you know you can't you can't knock the lad for what for his goal scoring. That's brilliant, uh, and he's you know done well at Wigan, and like I said, hopefully he can get back to back to good health and fitness. But yeah, Broadhead is the is the excitement one, isn't he? Because as, as good as Ross Stewart is, and as good as we all love him and like him play him, you wouldn't class him as an exciting player. He's a brilliant player, and he puts some brilliant performances. Broadhead. He, Broadhead's just got that extra kind of excitement about him, which is what Madger had, because you, you knew if Madger gets a, t- a touch in the box, no matter whereabouts he is, there's a good chance he's going to get it on target and score. Broadhead, if he picks it up on the left wing, in the box on the right wing, he, again, you get excited because you think he's going to do something or he can do something. He's got the ability to do something, whereas we've never had that before, like, or, or since Madger or since God knows the last, you know, the, I don't know, before even, but him again. Joel Asoro. That's another memory for the Sunday mornings. We um, know where he is now. That's a good point, actually. Is it, was, it, was he still at Swansea? Was it Swansea he went to? He went to Groningen at some point. Joel Asoro, where are you? He's blocked me on Twitter. I don't know why. <laughs> G- generally, have no idea. He plays for, oh, he's gone back to Sweden. Uh, he's still only 22, though. You probably put a big statement out saying he's going to be the next big thing, and he thought the tip of pressure was too much. But, <laughs> I definitely um, did. I definitely did. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I, I yeah. Um, but I go back to the, yeah. He's yeah. I love I love I love Broadhead. I think he's class. Um, and I think he is alongside with people like Jacku and and Ross Stewart and Pritchard. Like I say, we've now we've got exciting players again who can pull you know pull good uh, attack and play out rather than just. One-dimensional. I think that's what the big change for me this year is, is the fact that we're not just one-dimensional anymore. And obviously, we've got the players that can do, you know, cross it in, head it in, perfect. If it works, why not? But this time, we don't have to do that um, because of people like Brodhead. Um, you, you can do a bit of a bit of everything, which is really good to have. Much better football team than we have been in ages. Um, 
and I know like this time last week I was tearing my hair out, but that's football. Get on with it. Don't whinge. Um, something yesterday I noticed Dave right, and I love him, so I'm really like loath to admit it. We're not really missing McGeady, are we? No, mate. It's... I forgot he was injured and that he wasn't on the on the pitch. And I, I, I would have not been there last year. Like this time last year, I would have been like, ah, oh, McGeady, if we had McGeady. But we're not really missing him, are we? I'd, I'd said it quite, I've said it quite a few times this season. I think he's a number 10. He's just in behind. And to be honest, looking at the way we're playing with a high tempo and, and trying to get in people's faces, he's probably a number 10 in the last 20 minutes. If you need a little bit of magic, and you can't, hey, what a career he's had, you know. I'm not writing him off. I think he'll still do a job for us when we oh, when we need it later on in the season. But I, I, I think sometimes injuries can can be a blessing in disguise, as weird as that sounds, because you know, every, dare I say it, we all know that I'm not his biggest fan. He's a lovely lad. He's a lovely lad, and I want him to come and have a cup of tea with me, my mum, and dad. But like Lugo Nine is just not, he's a limited footballer. <laughs> and I, I hate going in on him because I just love his smile. But <laughs> I just, it almost seemed at one point that everything was centering around Lugo Nine. Like, wh- why is he taking free kicks? I mean, he was going to be on goal kicks next, I think. I, I'm just <laughs> like, I just don't get it. Oh, he's done well in, he's done well in practice. All right. Well, yeah. Done. That, that was. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm a big Luka Nine fan as a footballer and as a man, but I didn't get that. So it's just like we've had to find a way to play without him and not put him in different roles to try and accommodate. Which I presume was probably one of the reasons for him signing the contract. Like we're gonna try and build the squad around the team around you. Possibly, who knows? We'll never know them conversations. But yeah, I'd, we've had a. We've almost had to put in, go a little bit gung-ho, which is a counter a counterbalance to how I think we have been playing. But we've the had Bailey, to put them... The Bailey Wright situation, you'd never put them at right back. Yeah, exactly. And and it's just like, it's made us, it's probably, it's took us back to the beginning of the season where we were playing open, fluid football, but we were a little bit exposed at the back. And Aye. realistically, we didn't look, too troubled yesterday. Okay, they had the ball in decent positions every now and again. But other than a very, very, very soft corner, which we've conceded from, and, you know, that needs people to man up a little bit and and put their stamp on defending corners like that because it was weak. I suppose you could put a little bit of blame at Hoffman as well. Um, That was bad from Hoffman, if there's one negative. I think... Yeah, sorry, Dan, go on. No, sorry, just to jump in on that because I remember... it was Flanagan's man, wasn't it? And I think if you watch Flanagan in the build-up and in the, in the five minutes before and when it was getting quite feisty, he, he was getting amongst it. Is I think I think it was his man who scored. And I think just before the corner's taken, obviously the, the jostling, they're doing the usual corner stuff. And I think Flanagan gives him a little push to get him out of the way. But what that actually does is then puts him out of position and yeah. then the, the striker gets ahead of him. I think if he, if he just concentrated on not the, you know, the, the, the blocking and the, and the, the shit hours and behind the referee's back, if he yeah. just marked him, and obviously, yeah, Hoffman maybe could have done better, but I do think Flanagan probably took his eye off it because he was too busy getting involved in the in the fighting. Well, not loves, fighting but loves, you know I mean? loves Diago, does Flano. He absolutely he got in a few times. He, he, does. Uh, he does. I sat next I to think... his brother-in-law at the start of the season and I remember saying, I was like, 
Flannel loves Diago, doesn't he? he? was like, yeah, he does. Yeah, he really <laughs> likes it. And I was just like, I just knew. Um, we've got just over three minutes left. So I'll come to you. I'll come to you, Dan, actually, right? So two questions. Um, and you're technically timed as well, says Zoom. Um, man of the match. And what does the result mean in the context of Sunderland's season? Um, man of the match, I'll, I'll go Jacku. Um, I, I think it was very close between a, two or three of them. Um, but I think because of what we said before, because of the improvement he's had uh, over the last few games and the, the effect he had on the game yesterday, I'll go him. I really enjoyed it. Um, for the rest of the season, I think it's a big result because of, not just positionally, because of where they were. Um, obviously, place behind is good team, good strong team. But, you know, taking the back of, you know, winning against Morecambe on, on Tuesday night, that's fine. You should take that all day. But I think what this does is it should give the lads confidence. And like I say about that second half and what you said about playing for the team, playing for the manager, that's hope, what I'm hoping they're going to take into this this next couple of weeks. Obviously, the busy Christmas schedule, but that battling and, and, and getting stuck in in the second half of that team, the team up all around the pitch, everyone's working together. And I'm hoping that's what they can take in and get the lads back from injuries, get some of the stronger players back in and then everyone's just working together for that. You know, we're back on top now, back at, you know, within touching distance again. They're up take the confidence from it and hopefully push us through into the new year and maybe get some new bodies in, but just give the lads that teamwork and confidence to, to move on. Dave, same question to you. Um, for me, I'm going to go Broadhead. Um, I just, I, the, the more I see him, the more of a run the team he gets. I think he just keeps looking classier and classier. Although I must admit, Pritchard impressed me massively yesterday as well, so a special shout out to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go, considering I was very negative last Saturday, I'm, well, Sunday, as we recorded. Um, I'm going to go exactly the same response to the question of what it means in the context of the season. At the minute, absolutely nothing. In a week's time, we'll chat about it again. We'll see how we get on after um, after Ipswich next week. And I, I think that's it. Just week to week, game to game. It's boring. It's such a cliche. It's such a really boring response. And I apologise for anyone listening because we all know that I'm normally like a divisive comment. But, yeah, it's just grinding them out. It's just, yeah, hey, we didn't grind out anything yesterday, maybe towards the end. But, yeah, just keep building. Just none of this, you know, if, if a, yeah, two or three game bad streak happens. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep going. But I'll, I'll reserve for the whole season and uh, on the next week. Hi. On the next week, Ipswich, then Arsenal, who, of course, we will beat. Um <laughs> because I'm going. Uh, but thanks to everyone for listening, as always. Um, not always the easiest thing to do, if I'm completely honest, the podcast, um, as I've said, sort of online this week, but really enjoyed doing it. And it's been great this week. So please, Sunday, just keep winning. Do subscribe. Um, thanks to Dave. Thanks to Dan. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, mate. All the best, mate. Cheers, lads. Cheers. <laughs>